0: The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's
1: World. Have you ever heard someone say, if he's a Christian, I don't want any part of it? That reaction is understandable, but is it rational? Should one believe in God or in a particular church based on the poor behavior of one who claims to be an adherent? And what is Christianity anyway? Is it a set of beliefs? Is it a way of life? How can you know and does it matter? On today's Tomorrow's World program, I'm asking the question, What is a true Christian? And I'll be offering a booklet with the same title. It can be yours free for the asking, so be sure to have writing material available so you can order your free copy of What is a True Christian? I'll be right back with real answers, so stay tuned. A warm welcome to all of you from those of us here at Tomorrow's World. Today I'm asking and giving answers to the question, what is a true Christian? And I'll give you a four question quiz to help you discern whether you are a true Christian. False Christianity does exist, and you may think that doesn't involve you, but why not look into the Bible and compare what it says with what you understand? If you're correct, you have nothing to fear. But let me begin with a personal story. I grew up in a typical Protestant home and thought I was a Christian, but a friend from my high school challenged me on a particular doctrine. I was confident I wasn't wrong, but I prayed that if I were, that God would show me. As I recall, I was sincere, but not overly zealous in that prayer. Several months later, God showed me that I was indeed wrong. I was shocked when I realized that what I believed growing up was not what the Bible taught. I was deceived and didn't know it. Have you ever prayed such a prayer? Do you have the courage to do so? What is a true Christian is not an easy question to answer, since Christianity comes in many different forms with literally thousands of differing denominations and independent churches. Our first question to explore the answer of whether you are a true Christian is, are you following Jesus' example? It should be understood that you cannot follow the example of someone that you don't know. And how can you know Jesus Christ unless you read and study the book that introduces us to Him? Can you really afford to follow family traditions and what others tell you about Him without reading what the Bible actually says? A true Christian studies the Bible. Too many people make Jesus in their own image, out of their own imaginations, rather than going to the source to learn about the real Jesus. There is an assumption that all churches calling themselves Christian must be Christian. But is this what the Bible tells us? Most of that which attaches to it the name of Christ is not Christian. Now don't take my word for it, check it out for yourself. Consider what Jesus tells us in the Olivet prophecy. His disciples came asking what would be the sign of his second coming and the end of the age. And here's his reply in Matthew 24, verses 4 and 5. Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Now, some erroneously think when it says, I am the Christ, that it refers to individuals claiming to be Christ. Now there are those individuals, but the context indicates many will use Jesus' name claiming His authority will say that Jesus is the Christ, but in the process deceive many. We see a second warning in verse 11 of this same chapter. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And then a third warning is found in verse 24. For false Christs or Messiahs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. We should not take these warnings lightly. They come from the very one on whom the name Christian is founded. The Apostle Paul gives a number of similar warnings. There are so many that I don't have time for them all, but here's one showing that false Christianity was beginning to infect the church of God at Corinth. And Paul chided the members for being so gullible. 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, and verse 4. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Then in verses 13 to 15, he makes a statement that shocks some, but presents a challenge to all of us. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, Whose end will be according to their works. Consider the implications. This tells us that Satan the devil has ministers, and they don't call themselves as such. Instead, they represent themselves as ministers of righteousness, and in this context, ministers of Christ. They preach a different Jesus, come with a different spirit, and preach a counterfeit gospel. As we see elsewhere, They are the many, not the few, and many are deceived by them. And then referring to the end of this age, there's Revelation the 12th chapter in verse 9 where it says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. The Bible reveals that not everyone who claims to follow Jesus, no matter how sincere sincere, is actually doing so. We'll look at three more questions in a moment, but first I want to offer you a free publication, What is a True Christian? The late Dr. Roderick C. Meredith wrote this booklet, and longtime followers of Tomorrow's World remember him on this program. What is a True Christian pulls no punches. Dr. Meredith spoke with power straight from the heart, and this booklet reflects not only the zeal but the knowledge he possessed from teaching the Bible over six decades. What is a true Christian is information that you need. So call, write, or go online to receive your free copy, and I'll be back in a minute with more of our quiz to determine what it is that makes a true Christian.
0: Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Call now. 1-800-236-0531 or write to us at the address on your screen or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org with this offer you will also receive your free subscription to tomorrow's world magazine full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues And be sure to go to tomorrowsworld.org forward slash digital. Have a digital subscription sent right to your email inbox faster than postal mail. Visit us
1: online now. Before the break we saw that the Bible is unambiguous. There are many deceivers and deceived in our world. Some ministers are sadly deceived themselves. We're told in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verses 3 and 4 But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. People are blind to the truth because of the one who directs the course of this world, the great deceiver, Satan the devil. He is the one who blinds their minds. Many ministers are nice people. Great neighbors and very sincere, but they're blinded to the truth. Jesus explained in Luke, the sixth chapter, and verse 39, and he spoke a parable to them Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? So, what is the example Jesus set for us? Don't dismiss this question casually. Our booklet, What is a True Christian, explores this question in greater detail. But unless you know how he lived, how can you know if you are following his example? Don't assume that you know. So our first question was Are you following Jesus' example? Now for our second question. Have you repented of your sins? Again, this may sound easy, but is it? What is the biblical definition of sin? Many think they know, but do they? Can you, my friends, turn to a scripture that reveals the answer? If you don't know how God defines sin, how can you repent? Have you heard that obedience to God's law is unnecessary, that Christ nailed the commandments to the stake, that all you have to do is believe in Jesus? But is that what Jesus says? Not according to Luke, the sixth chapter, and verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord? and not do the things which I say. Notice one thing Jesus said when a young man came to him asking what good thing could he do to have eternal life. Here it is in Matthew the 19th chapter and verse 17. But if you want to enter into life keep the commandments. The young man then asked which ones, and Jesus responded by listing five of the last six the ones that teach us how to love our neighbor. Did that mean the other five need not be kept? Not hardly. This young man knew something was missing from his life and he asked a follow-up question. All these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Jesus' answer was not to come up with an 11th commandment. He didn't tell him, I know, they are a real burden." Instead, Jesus pointed the man to the first, don't have another God before the true God, and to the tenth against coveting. Since the young man asked what specific thing, what act he could perform to gain eternal life, Jesus answered in verse 21, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor. His riches were his God in which he trusted. He coveted wealth. And did not want to give it up. The Bible definition of sin is found in First John the third chapter and verse four: "Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law." The new Bible commentary revised says this about this verse: "The essence of sin, then, is disregard for God's law. Have you personally repented of breaking God's law? And we don't mean in a general sense, but very specifically. Have you committed murder by hating someone? Have you ever committed adultery not only in the letter, but also in the spirit or intent of the law? Have you been covetous? In other words, have you taken the time to read God's law? Have you meditated on it and seen where you've come up short? Are you not only sorry for breaking these commands, but determined with God's help to turn around and not commit those sins again. We'll continue with two more questions to determine if you are a true Christian, but I want to remind you of today's offer, What is a True Christian? This resource goes much further into this subject than I have time to cover in such a short program. According to the Bible, many people think they are Christians, but are deceived by false teachers, who may be very nice people and well-meaning, but are themselves deceived by a cunning, fallen spirit being. Don't take this subject lightly. You need What IS a True Christian? as free for the asking, so pick up the phone or write to us for your personal copy, or you may go online to order or download a copy. And I'll be back in 30 seconds with two more questions.
0: Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter.
1: We've been taking a quiz to determine if we are Christians according to the Bible definition. Our first two questions were, Are you following Jesus' example, and have you repented of your sins? Now let's move on to question number three. Have you accepted the real Jesus as your personal Savior? Here again, this may sound like a simple question with an easy answer. But let's see what it means. We have a loving God who gave us a law to show us how to live, and violation of that law is sin. But try as we might, we all come up short, as affirmed in Romans the third chapter and verse 23, where it says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Furthermore, the penalty of sin is death, as we read in Romans 6, chapter and verse 23. Now that's a problem, my friends, but there is good news. The true Christian understands that he is helpless to escape death of his own accord, and that is where the most famous verse in the Bible comes in, John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Christ died to pay for our sins. He paid the death penalty for us all, because His life is more valuable than all of our lives put together. For the death penalty to be removed, the one seeking to become a true Christian repents of breaking God's law and puts his faith in Christ's sacrifice to pay for his past sins. This is a huge subject and I can't cover it all in this program, but remember the question, have you accepted the real Jesus? Too many don't know the real Jesus as we saw earlier in this program. We read from 2 Corinthians chapter 11 that Satan has ministers who come teaching a different Jesus, a different gospel, and have a totally different spirit than the one Paul and the other apostles had. Some come preaching a cheap grace, and that Jesus came to do away with His Father's law. They don't preach about the coming kingdom of God to this earth as numerous scriptures explain. They proclaim... Just believe in Jesus. That's all you have to do. That's it. But is it? The Apostle James lays that to rest in chapter 2 and verses 19 and 20 of the book under his name. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Now this leaves us with a choice. We can believe Martin Luther who called James's letter an epistle of straw, or we can believe James, the brother of Jesus. Furthermore, we can believe Luther or we can believe Jesus himself who made it clear that the Christian life is one that puts it all on the line. The demand of the real Jesus is sobering. Notice Matthew the 10th chapter verses 34 through 37. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In a real sense, this is where the proverbial rubber meets the road. Do you believe in the Jesus who thought his father's requirements were too strict? Or in the real Jesus who is not playing games? He expects a change of life. He expects us to put him first above all else in our lives. As Dr. Merrith wrote in his booklet, the one that we are offering to you today, free of charge, It is obvious that millions of professing Christians never change. They may have grown up in a particular church. They may have accepted Jesus in some evangelistic meeting. However, in most cases, the Christ they have accepted is not the true Christ of the Bible. In most cases, the gospel they have been taught is not the gospel of the Bible. Far too often, it is just an incomplete message about the person of Jesus Christ, teaching that the only thing we need to do is believe that He died for our sins. There is so much more in Dr. Merritt's booklet, What is a True Christian? And it can be yours. All you have to do is pick up the phone and request a copy. There is no cost or obligation because others have already paid for it on your behalf. Even the shipping and handling is free. Or you may choose to go to our website to order or read, What is a True Christian? Now I'll be right back in a minute to share with you our final question, so don't go away.
0: Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Call now, 1-800-236-0531 or write to us at the address on your screen, or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. With this offer you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. And be sure to go to tomorrowsworld.org. /digital. Have a digital subscription sent right to your email inbox faster than postal mail. Visit us online now.:
1: So far, we've asked three questions in our quest to find out if you are a real Christian. There is, of course, more to being a true Christian than taking a short quiz of this nature. Due to time constraints, a number of questions must be left out. And I don't want anyone to think this is the whole story. It's not. So far, we've asked, however, are you following Jesus' example? Have you repented of your sins? Have you accepted the real Jesus as your personal Savior? And now for our last question Do you know where God is working? As we've seen today, the Bible shows that there are many false teachers who come in Jesus' name. Who profess that he is the Christ but deceive many. So, how can you know where Christ is working today? Do you make that determination based on how eloquent the minister is? Is it a matter of what kind of children's activities or choir a church has? Does size matter? How can you know whether a minister is a wolf in sheep's clothing or whether he is a true servant of God? Does the Bible help in this regard? Following a warning about wolves and sheep's clothing, Jesus gives us the answer to this question in Matthew the 7th chapter and verse 16. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Now we understand what grapes and thorn bushes are, what figs and thistles are, but how do these relate to people? The Apostle Paul reveals part of the answer in Galatians, the fifth chapter, beginning in verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. These works stand out in contrast to the fruits of the Spirit of God working in the true Christian as we find them in verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such there is no law. These are godly fruits. Now there are other scriptures that give further evidence of what to look for in seeking where God is working. The true Church of God will be preaching the gospel, or the good news, of the kingdom of God. That's exactly what the word gospel means, good news. Have you ever considered what good news Jesus proclaimed prior to His death, burial, and resurrection? Mark the first chapter, verses 14 and 15, tell us the following, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. We could fill several programs explaining what this means, but notice the importance of the message of the kingdom of God. The people of Capernaum didn't want Jesus to leave because of the miracles He performed the night before. But He said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. The gospel of the kingdom of God is the good news about Christ's second coming and all that that means. Zechariah 14.9 tells us that at that time, the Lord shall be king over all the earth. The Gospel is a message that includes Jesus' promise to his twelve apostles. Notice in Matthew 19 and verse 28, where he says, "Assuredly I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel." Now note Daniel the seventh chapter, verse 27, where it explains this. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. And we read in Matthew the 24th chapter, verse 14, that this message of the kingdom of God will go out to all the world at the end of the age. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come the true church of god proclaims this message and it will also be preaching the whole counsel of god the apostle paul defended his record among the elders at ephesus making this point in acts the 20th chapter and verse 27 for i have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of god paul taught from the whole bible he constantly quoted from the old testament What is that whole counsel that Paul spoke of? My friends, you need to study the Bible to know the whole counsel of God. Ask God to help you understand His message for mankind. True Christianity is a way of life. Our booklet, What is a True Christian? gives you more on this fascinating subject, so be sure to order your free copy And come back next week when Richard Ames, Wallace Smith, and I, along with guest presenter Rod McNair, will share with you the inspiring teachings of Jesus Christ, the encouraging good news of the coming Kingdom of God, and the exciting end-time prophecies and their meaning.
0: To take advantage of today's free offer or view today's program now or anytime, go to tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.